0: I've been, you know, uh, thinking about this, and I, I've probably spoke on this before, but I, I, it's something that I've been, you know, thinking about, been in my heart a little bit, and uh, and so I just wanted to share this with you. Over in Matthew chapter 16, we're going to begin in verse, uh, uh, we're going to begin in verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. You know, we live in a day in a time when things are uncertain. Everything is so uncertain in the time that we live in. Um, you know, from has anybody noticed the price of electric? If you pay your electric bills, anybody notice the price of electric has just gone through the roof? I mean, skyrocketed, right? Uh, everything has. You know, price of gas has come down a little bit, but we live in a time that is so uncertain that we really can't depend on on anything. You know what I mean? It's just everything's changing so rapidly. Um, the things that used to be um, so firm, if you will, uh, have has now changed um, even, you know, just um, uh, a, a sense of uh, pride in country and who we are as a people, as a nation has now changed into uh, people trying to shame us for who we are and the things that have happened. Now I'm not saying that we were perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there used to be a pride in in who we were and who our forefathers were. Now were they all perfect? No, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. But there was a pride, a sense of pride of being American, and uh, and now it's there's it's like a sense of shame to be an American. I mean, it, it, it's like you know we should be ashamed of. Of who we are as a nation, and things. Everything is, you know, everything's turned upside down. Is my point. We've got nothing to hold on to anymore. Um, even on a on a national sense, when when you know it used to be rally round the flag, there's not much of that anymore. Uh, The last time I think we really seen it was 9-11 when there was such a sense of outpouring of, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, putting the flags out and people coming together. And, And now we're so splintered. To where even even now there's such talk of if you listen to, to even just the uh, you know you've been hearing this for me for a while but you're hearing this on, on uh, CNN and MB, MSNBC and in different uh, you know media outlets where they're openly talking about or go to any social you know uh, uh, site news site or whatever and they're talking about civil war again. You know, that we're, we're on the brink of, uh, uh, you know, this, there's, we're, we're, we live in so uncertain times that we got nothing to really hold on to, okay? And so this morning as, as I was kind of looking at this, over in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it says, when Jesus came into the region of uh, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? the son of uh, who do men say that I the son of man am so they said some say John the Baptist some say Elijah others Jeremiah or one of the prophets so Jesus is walking with his disciples and he he throws out the question is what are you hearing out there what you know who who do who you know what are people saying who am I who do they think I am and the disciples are saying, "Well, some some think maybe you're you're the prophet Elijah that's come back, you know, returned. Uh, you know, others you know liking you to Jeremiah. Others disliking you to one of the old prophets. You know, they're not real sure who you are, okay? But they they know that there's something different about you that that. But nobody can put their finger on you know and say who you are. And so, and then he gets down and he says." Uh, and then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? So first he's asking a kind of a general question of what are you hearing out there? Talking to his disciples, what are you hearing? What are the people saying? Well, you know, who do, who, the peop- who do the people say that I am? And then he, you know, they, he, once again, they say Elijah or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he comes to the disciples and he says, now, who do you say that I am? Who do you think I am? these that were closest to him and Simon Peter in verse 16 answered and said you are the Christ you are the anointed one it says you are the Christ the son of the living god what's peter saying he says you're you're the messiah See, Old Testament prophesied that there would come a person upon the scene that would restore Israel, would be their Messiah, would be their anointed one, right? And even today, as we speak today, Israel, now you have what we refer to as Messianic Jews, that these are Jewish people that have accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah, but they're not a large percentage of the Jewish population, okay? So the largest percentage of the... Now, some are are even rejecting their religion altogether, but most of the Jewish people still await the Messiah, still await the Anointed One, the coming of the Anointed One. They don't accept the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. They're still waiting on the Messiah to show up. Okay, I, my own personal belief is I believe there's going to come a day when Israel, and I believe we're on the very cusp of this, where Israel will accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. They will recognize him as the anointed one, as the Christ. Okay, I believe we're really getting really close to that time. But Peter says, You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the one that we read about. You are the one that we've heard about, that's been preached about. You are the one that we have waited for, and you are here now. And Peter says to him, uh, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, son uh, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is speaking to Peter and he says, Peter, you didn't get this on your own. You didn't come to this by your own understanding. You didn't come to this by reading something from the Old Testament prophets. You came to this by revelation that my father gave unto you that you, he told you or he spoke to you who I am. He says, it's not, my father revealed this unto you. Now, the point I want to get to here is where we're coming to right now. So he says, and also I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, what's he saying here? He uses, now, if you get into, into scripture, there's two different uh, words there. There's Petros, which is Peter, and then he uses the word Petra, which is more of a a bedrock. Peter or Petros is more of a stone or a pebble, if you will. I don't want to get into this the the, the context of this. I'm just trying to tell you that there's there's a, a a semantics or a play on words in this scripture. All right, he's saying that that you you. Are Peter and on this rock or on this Petra, on this bedrock of not Peter, but who Peter or who God revealed to Peter Jesus was. Everybody with me? That it wasn't Peter that the church was going to be built on, but it was on the revelation of who Jesus was, that he is the Christ, he is the Messiah. He is the anointed one, all right? And the Bible says that because of this, or on this, that the gates of hell should not prevail, all right? Now, this is where where we're coming to once again. Verse 19, and I will give you the keys. This is what what we're going to look at this morning. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven... And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so I found it very interesting. Most of us struggle. We go through periods of, uh, we all have our our ebbs and flows, our mountains and our valleys and our ups and our downs, and for most of us, you know, we have our struggles, and it seems like we're always struggling to get through something, and that's part of life. That's just how life is. Right. I mean, life is a process and life has, you know, it's ups and it's downs. It's part of life. But there are keys. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I will give you not. Now he's not just talking to Peter here. He's talking to all those that would be a part of the church all those that would understand who he is and come to revelation knowledge that he is the Christ. So you didn't wake up one morning and just decide Jesus was Lord. You didn't just wake up one morning and say, you know, the Bible the Bible is 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 true. The Bible says no man can come to God unless the holy spirit draws him. At some point the holy spirit spoke to you and revealed unto you or opened your or increased your understanding took the veils off your eyes and said Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the anointed one. You didn't come to this by your own understanding. You didn't come to this just because you re- began to read the word of God, but at some point the Holy Spirit you sat in some church service one night or one day, whenever it was, and you heard something That pricked your heart and you said he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the Messiah. And you gave your heart to Jesus one day, right? Hopefully all of us have done that. But the majority of us, one day you heard a message. And you walked down that aisle and said, I want to be saved. At least that's how it used to happen in church. Right, Sister Joe. That's how it used to happen in church. As you would hear a message, the Holy Spirit would convict you that I am a sinner and I need to be saved. And you got up at the end of service when 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 the pastor gave or the preacher gave the altar call, you came forward and said, I want to be saved. I want my sins to be forgiven. Right? But he says, I will give you I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And this is what's got me trying to think and understand some things. Bible says that we will be able, he's going to give us the keys of the kingdom of heaven and that we will have the power or the authority. What what are keys? What do keys do? Lock or unlock? They're a tool basically, right? I use what they call a meter key at work. So you, everybody's got a water meter out at your house. And most of them, everybody takes the lock off of them anymore. But every meter can comes with a lock on it, a little brass piece that's up underneath the meter can. And you've got to have a key to stick in there. You know, you've seen them, Seth? Okay. you got to have a meter key that you stick in there and, and that little keyhole and literally turn it if the can's got a lock most of them are taken off by now we we if we put a meter can in we always take the lock off and throw it away all right but some people will leave the lock on so you've got to have that meter can or meter key to reach in there at meter turn that that lock if you will take the lid off and then use the key to turn the water off it's a tool or an instrument to serve a purpose keys in your pocket got everybody's got a key to their house Their door, their front door, or most people do. And what do you do? You stick the key in, you unlock it, or you can stick the key in and lock it. Now, I know everybody says, well, i just turn it. I understand. But a key is something that you use to lock or unlock, to open or close, right? It's just a tool. It's a tool to be used for entry, or to keep people from entering, right? Most people lock their houses, why? Exactly. You don't want somebody to come into your house that you have not given permission to come into your house while you're not there, or while you are there, right? And some people you'll say, well, the key's in such and such place. Just help yourself. You are giving them permission or authority to enter into your house when you're not there. You know how many times I've told people, you know, keys, keys in such and such place, just make yourself at home. Just go right on in. Now, there's some people, not pointing any fingers, that I wouldn't tell where the key is. I'm not going to tell you where the key to the house is because I don't want you in there while I'm not there. I might not even want you in there when I am there. Right? But there's people that I will say just the key's in such and such place. Go on in. Make yourself at home. I'll be there in a little while. Right? Gives people permission or authority to enter in to where they normally wouldn't have permission to enter into. Everybody with me? Not everybody's got permission to enter my home. Not everybody has permission. They can't, they can't, not everybody can come and go as they please at my house. Okay? But I will give people permission when I'm not there. Come on in, make yourself at home. Okay? What's Jesus? That's the same thing Jesus is doing here. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. I want you to come on in and make yourself at home. I want you to come in and make yourself at home. Now, there's also certain responsibilities that go with that, right? There are certain rules. Marcy has rules at the house, not stringent rules, but certain rules. Don't go in there and make a mess, all right? If you go in, a, right, kids? If you go in and make a mess at, the, at mom's house, you're going to get mad. I don't care so much. But Marcy gets upset if you go in and, and you leave stuff laying all over the place, right? So don't. You, there's certain rules, huh? <laughs> you understand, right? So there's certain rules, okay? But what I want to look at real quickly here, and I'll get you out of here. I won't go through them all today, but we're going to look real quickly at, at, at some things. What? As I was looking at this, there's, there's got to be keys that unlock doors in the kingdom of heaven. You have to have an understanding of of how to unlock a door, how to use a key. If you you didn't know what a meter key was, and I gave you a meter key and said, go turn the water off. If you didn't really have an understanding of what that is, you'd look at that and say, what's this? What am I supposed to do with this? So you have to have an understanding of what the key is for, right? What its purpose is. You're not going to take a house key to the meter can and turn the water off. You're not going to take a car key and go out there and unlock your front door. Right? Certain keys unlock certain things or lock certain things or open certain things. So real quickly here and I'll get you guys gone. Four things, four things we're going to look at real briefly here today and I won't keep you like I said. I'm going to save that one for last. Um, one of the key, because over in the book of Mark, it says, we are instructed to lay hands on the sick and that they shall recover. We're to cast out demons, right? First key we're going to look at, There's, uh, we're going to look at four things. I'll just give you a, a, a top. Love, forgiveness, love, forgiveness. Uh, now, now I forgot the other one. And knowledge is is another one, okay? I'll think of the other one as we're going. But we're going to look at love as a key that can be used to unlock or to lock, okay? Bible says over in 1 Peter chapter 4, I believe it's 1 Peter chapter 4. I didn't write these down. I was trying to get over this. Might be 2 Peter. Anyway, there in one of those Peters, it says that love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and it's the, the, the chapter of love. Love is patient. Love, you know, love is all these things. Love can draw people in. And when you don't love somebody, it can push people away. People know when you care for them and when you don't, genuinely. It might take people a little while to figure you out, but genu- you know, generally after a little while, people will have a good feeling whether you really like them or whether you don't. Huh, I'm picking on Mariah because she picked on me last wings, <laughs> But people generally have and are able to tell whether you care for them or not. Amen. But love is a key that will unlock doors for you. If you're having a tough time, I want you to think about these things. Oh, faith is the other one. I knew I'd come to it. Faith is the other one that we'll look at real briefly. Uh, but love is a key that God gives us that can unlock doors. All right? And so this is one key that you can use to un- I, The reason I'm sharing this with you is because I want you to have an understanding of when you're going through something difficult, when you're going through a tough time, when you're going through struggles, when you're going th- through something that you don't understand, God has given you keys to be able to unlock doors, to get you from this side of the door to the other side of the door. And so I want you to be, when you're going through things and you're struggling through things, I want you to pull out that pocket of keys that God has given you. And you might not understand, listen, I got a pocket of keys at, at, at the house, I don't even know what most of them are for anymore. Does anybody have a set of keys like that? You got a a set of keys that most of them, you don't even know what they unlock anymore. But God has given you, and that's the same. God has given us keys, and I want you to be able to pull a key out. And if that's not the right key, then pull another key out. And if that's not the right key, pull another key out. But God has given you the keys to unlock the door for you to cross over, pass through, to get through. Everybody with me? So, love is one of these keys, and you can mark First uh, Corinthians chapter 13. Like I said, love chapter, you can look over it. Love will cover a multitude of sins. I, I just, I, it, love will, will get people through things that you didn't think they could ever get through. Just showing, sometimes just saying and speaking a kind word. Marcy said that when they got down there, and I'm not saying, but Cricket was, in, her our, our pastor's sister was all stooped over. She's having terrible back trouble. She's lost quite a bit of weight. Cricket, Aunt Cricket's really not been feeling good. But Marcy said that they could see a difference from the time they got there until this morning when they're leaving. And I believe that has to do with somebody showing love. That, you know, sisters coming together and saying, Sis, I'm still there for you. Don't you understand that? And it makes a huge difference. A kind word to somebody makes a huge difference for them some days. Believe me, I struggle with this all the time. I, I, I told you guys, I believe it was last week or a week before last, driving in Tulsa traffic just aggravates the life out of me anymore. I mean, just <laughs> terrible, you know. And so, but, you know, sometimes, in, you know, it, it, instead of having wrath, if you speak a, a, a kind word or a loving word to somebody, it will turn the situation around. So love is a key that you can use, that God has given you to use to unlock the door. You understand that it, 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 in love you can bind and loose things, especially in your own family because you love that person and you can, you can bind and loose things. Faith is the other one that we were going to talk about faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. You must have faith. You must believe God. Faith is a key that God has given us to unlock. God says, look, if you, if you, over in the book of James, if you, you can ask whatever you want to ask for, but if you have doubt, you're not going to receive anything. You have to ask believing or have faith in God. But faith is a key that God has given us to use to unlock doors. If you're struggling with a certain matter, extend your faith. Saying, God, I, the, the man that brought his, I believe it was his son or his daughter, I can't remember now, I believe it was his son. And, and, uh, and you know, to, to Jesus, and, and Jesus said, look, if you can have faith, this is possible. he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I, I really, really, really want to believe, but help me. Help me if I, you know, when I doubt, help me. We can all come to God and say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. There, we all have those times when we doubt God. We all have those times when we question. God, do you hear me? God, do you see me? God, you know, this and that. God, help me in my unbelief to have faith and stand with you. But faith is a key. And I'm not going to get into all these scriptures this morning. I told you guys I'd get you out. Faith is a key that God has given us to unlock doors. You can use faith to unlock a door. Or you can use faith to shut a door that needs to be shut. Over in the book of Isaiah, I believe it is, in, in chapter 22, God, uh, the prophet Isaiah, refers to the key of David. It's the referred to twice in Scripture. Over in Isaiah <coughs> chapter 22, and I believe over in Revelation chapter 3, when, when uh, it's talking about the, the churches, the church of Philadelphia, says, I will give you the key of David. Now, I won't get into that, Dave. Maybe we'll get into that uh, next time or something. Um, but, But you have the authority in Christ, if you are Christ. You have the authority to use those keys that he's given you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith will unlock doors for you to walk through when it seems impossible When it seems impossible, pull your set of keys out that God has given you and stick the key of faith in the door and see what God will do. Most of us have these keys in our pocket. Like I said, I've got a a whole chain or a whole ring of keys that I have no idea what they're for, but I've got them. They're going to unlock something, right? They're going to go to some lock somewhere, I think I've got a key to grandma's house that I don't know which ones, that, you know, I've got keys from, you know, to, to, you know, houses that we work on all over the place. You know, I've got keys. Man, I don't know what that key, you know, <clears throat> but it's going to unlock something. It's going to unlock something. Third one real quickly is unforgiveness or forgiveness. We'll put it in terms of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a key. That well, do you understand that you can keep somebody bound? You can keep yourself bound with unforgiveness? You can bind yourself up and lock yourself up so tight in unforgiveness that, that you't you've forgotten, but you're, you're, you have been bound by unforgiveness because you have either chosen not to forgive. Or unwilling to forgive somebody that has hurt you or wronged you or whatever the case hurts your feeling, whatever the case may be. But you have chosen not to forgive and you have been bound. Forgiveness will unlock a door. Forgiveness is a key or a tool that you can use to unlock a door and walk through. most of the time the Bible says look if if you uh, I won't get into all that today but forgiveness is a key that you can use Jesus the Bible says that God will shut doors that no man can open and open doors that, that no man can did I say that right? that no man can open or shut doors no man can shut, and whatever the, the, the term is there. But God has a way of getting you to where He wants you to be. And what seems impossible, may be impossible in the natural, but God says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. God, Jesus Himself has a set of keys, that, and He says, I, I, Jesus, has the keys to death and hell. You understand that there's going to be a key given over in the book of Revelation. There's going to be a key given to an angel to the bottomless pit at one point, and it's going to unlock the chain to let uh, uh, Satan out and, and have free reign for a short time. There's not a whole lot, as I was looking at it, there's not a whole lot of scriptures that reference a key. And yet, it's very, very important very important so unforgiveness or forgiveness is a key that you can use to unlock a door to get you through when you're struggling when you're having a hard time and if one key doesn't work i suggest you use another key and if that key doesn't work i suggest you use another key most of us most of us Now, doesn't this seem silly? I want you to think about this. I've got a pocket of keys, not with me, but at the house. And if I was to go somewhere and I know I've got that key and say I've got 20 keys on my key ring and I go to one particular door that I want to go in and I try one key and that key doesn't work, would it be silly of me just to say, well, that didn't work, I'm going to leave. Or would it make more sense to say, well, I'm going to try this key now. How many of us have ever went to the padlock? Everybody got a padlock? Most people got a padlock? And you're not sure? I got padlocks all over the place. I got building And I always forget which key. Um, I know, put a ring, put a color. Uh, whatever. I understand. I think it's more fun to go out and play. Okay. Which key? All right. So I'm always going out and trying to figure out which key goes to this padlock. But wouldn't it be silly of me to go and just use the first key that I pull out and go to the padlock and say, well, that don't work. I'm out of here. Wouldn't it make more sense to try the second key or the third key until I get into where I want to get into? Most of us, when we're talking about these things on a religious sense, if you will, we try one key, it doesn't work. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Doesn't work. You never pull out that other key. You never pull out that third key. Somewhere on that set of key rings that you've got, spiritual key rings that you've got, you've got a key that's going to unlock the door that's hindering you, blocking you, whatever it is. You've got a key because you have the keys of the kingdom. Now... The last one we're going to look at, and I'm going to get you guys gone, is over in Matthew. I found this very interesting. Matthew, where am I at? I can go to 23, but that's not the right one. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. This is the one I wanted to get to, and I, for whatever reason, I didn't mark it. Don't that make sense? Let's see if I can pull it up right quick. Isaiah 22 and 22 is the, the verse where it says, And I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut, and when he shuts, no one will open. All right? That's uh, Isaiah 22 and 22. Matthew chapter 16 is what I want to look at real quickly here. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. No, that's the one I was looking. That's not, yeah, that's a... Oh, come on. Matthew 13. No, that's not it either. I will find it, but I will tell you what it says real quickly. Jesus is talking to the scribes or to the lawyers, and he says, woe to you lawyers who have the keys to knowledge, who have, has the key to knowledge, but withholds it basically from the people withholds it from the people. Go to Matthew chapter 23 real quickly, and this is is a close uh, relation to it here. Matthew chapter 23, in verse 13, it says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. The scribes had the key, or the lawyers had the key to knowledge and they refuse to give it to the people. God says over in Hosea, my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. Knowledge is a key that God has given us to be able to unlock doors. So when you're having a struggle, when you know what most of us want to do? We want to sit down and just complain about it. Instead of getting into the Word of God, this is knowledge. This is knowledge. This is understanding. This is wisdom. When you're struggling, when you're struggling to find the answer to something, when you're struggling to get the door open, and maybe you've tried the key of love, forgiveness, okay, faith. Go into God's word and see what God's word says about the matter. Go in and find out what God's word says about the matter. This book is knowledge. It is understanding. Once again, it is wisdom. Amen? So I want to I close with that. I, I want to get you guys gone, but... I hope maybe something that was said here today will help you a little bit. Jesus said, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Sometimes it's just simply a matter of believing what God said. I have the keys. I have the authority. The keys represent authority. Right? I mean, that's, that, they just represent authority. Like I said, if I tell you where the key is at my house, I say just go on in and make yourself a home. I've, I'm giving you the authority to go into my house, get in the fridge, turn on the TV, all right? Whatever the case is, I'm giving you that authority. So when you go there, you know exactly where the key is. You can go right up to the door and let yourself in and make yourself at home. Same thing with Jesus. He's saying, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. Go in, make yourself home. Exercise the authority that I have given unto you. Then the gates of hell shall not prevail. Most of us, we don't bind, we don't lose nothing. we complain, we murmur, but we don't take the time to get down and say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I I, I need need to get an answer to this. Father, I need this loosed on earth.